Amen. There's something um, about traveling when you go to some of these places and the anticipation, it just draws out when you minister. I've had that opportunity a few times and it's amazing to see the hunger, the receptivity, the passion in people. Hallelujah. This morning I want to continue talking about one of another and if you can, if you could turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians Chapter 12, if you want to start the timer, honey, because otherwise that ain't going to do me any good. <laughs> last, last week, Pastor Daniel preached, and he preached in Hebrews. He preached on the word encourage. And to encourage means to build up or to give courage again. And he shared on how encouraging one another and then he, he said, what does it look like? And one of the biggest ways courage or encouragement looks like is words. And he showed in Proverbs where it talked about gracious words and, and words that, that are helpful. And then he, he shared with us that in Hebrews, it says that God always keeps his word. Think about that for a second. God always keeps his word. So what has God spoken to you? What has God spoken over you? What has God put inside of you? Because when he speaks it, it will happen. It will come to pass. And I had started the week earlier, I had spent some time in Romans 12, introducing this thought of one another and members and one of the phrases was, I need you. I need you. And you need me. The body is an amazing piece of artistic display and creativity that our Father made. And when you look at the body, it is amazing to see the intricacies of of our makeup. For instance, did you realize that 70% of your body is, is water? So if you want to lose weight, just turn off. No, I'm just kidding because that's not, you, you need water. But the intricacies of the body is amazing. Our nervous system. It's said that they figure the nervous system travels in the neighborhood of 170 to 200 miles an hour. So when you feel something, that's why you, you might feel it here, but the nerve sends a, a message up to the brain, and it travels in the neighborhood of 200 miles an hour. The intricacy of how God has created us. And when he talks about the body in the scriptures, I don't think he means that just for a picture, I believe the intricacy of the human body and our creative bodies is also a display of the intricacy in a believers in the body in the church. And for uh, one other thing, also when we say church, we have grown up to use the word church as the building. The church is the called out ones. The church is you and me. 
On Sunday morning, you're not coming to church. You're coming to worship. You're coming to gather together. And I grew up calling it church. Well, we're going to church. No, you and I are the church. And you and I are the church not just on Sunday morning. We are the church every single day of the week. You and I are the body on Monday just as much as we're the body right now. And in fact, I would suggest to you that the display of the body is greater on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, if we allow it, than it is on Sunday morning. Because during the week, you and I connect with, touch base with, or in the neighborhood of so many others that don't know Christ. And you are the representation of Christ to them. This morning, I want to talk about members one of another, and I want to go to the chapter in 1 Corinthians, and, and I think we're going to read most of this chapter, and then I want to show you a few verses out of this chapter. One of the things I want you to see is the word many, and I want you to see the word one. I want you to see the word body and the word members. And the way that Paul has put this in, the, the book of Corinthians, Paul wrote it to the people of Corinth, to the, the church that was in Corinth. And it's interesting when you study the context. The people of Corinth were in a small community, and actually what happened was the geography of that community was about a five-mile, four- to five-mile-wide peninsula. And then it extended quite a way south and, and enlarged, and it was part of the Greek um, colonies. And people would actually come with their boats, and they would come onto the one side of the, and they called it an azimuth, and I might be pronouncing it wrong, but they would come to one side, and if the boat was small enough, they would actually take the boat and carry it or transport it across that four-mile piece of land to the other side because if they went around the whole way, it was over 200 miles. And so there was a lot of people that came into Corinth. And there was a mountain in Corinth, and there was a temple on that mountain, and it was called Acrop the, the mountain was called Acropolis, and there was a temple to the goddess of love called Athena, the temple of, of Athena. And I found it interesting as I was looking at the geography because sometimes we read the scriptures but we don't understand what's behind the context or the picture. And so as I'm reading this and understanding this, these people had no concept or no understanding of God. And Paul came to them and he led them to Christ, but he led them from a place that was far from God to a place that was close to God. He led people that were immoral, that lived in debauchery, that lived a life of immorality, and he brought them to Christ. But as, he, as you read the Bible and as you read this book, you find out that he's constantly kind of saying, guys, this, and, and he's bringing them back to Christ. And when you look at this chapter, 
It starts with his phrase, now concerning spiritual gifts. And if you read the first number of chapters in Corinthians, you will find out that it's almost like he's bringing them back to some order or he's reminding them of things or he's laying out things. And some people refer to the book of Corinthians as very much a dysfunctional people. Now, the reason why they say that is because of their background and they seem to slip back. I found it interesting, chapter 13, which follows chapter 12, is the famous chapter on the book of love. And as I studied even the geography of Corinth, I found it interesting because what would happen is the temple of Athena, the temple of the goddess of love, the women that were there during the day at nighttime, they would come down into the community and they would prostitute themselves for the temple. So the people there had no concept of true love. The only concept they had of love was of a commercialization and of a demeaning math, uh, picture of love. And so why does God place 1 Corinthians 13 there? Because of the setting and of the people. So it's very interesting when you study Scripture that you see the context or the passage. Why is it put in there? The book of Hebrews, you study that and you find out why. Why is Paul, or not Paul, the writer of, of Hebrews, because it may not have been Paul, but the writer of Hebrews, why did he go from a certain context? When you understand the context, you see the message comes out. So Paul in Corinthians, as he's writing them, he's writing to a, a group of people that did not have a concept, a relationship, an understanding of, of love. They didn't have an understanding of community. They did not have an understanding of the work of Christ. They got saved, and he's writing to them, and he's explaining things to them. And actually, if you read a few of the chapters, there was some pretty crazy stuff going on. The immorality that was present was crazy. And he gets to chapter 12, and he starts, and I want to just read this to you, and I want you to see the words one, many, members. He says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols. I love this. And then he goes, however you were led. How can you be led by something that doesn't speak? He's just saying, you know, you guys, you weren't really smart. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there's varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there's varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there's varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all and everyone. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. To one it's given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to, another's, to another the ability to distinguish between Spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, all these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who appoints to each one individually as he wills. For just as the body is one and it has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. 
For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, that would make, not make it any less a part of the body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And then he continues, and he goes, The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our present, unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care one for another. If one member suffer, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. And God has, has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, administration, and various kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all possess gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret, but earnestly desire the higher gifts? And I will show you still a more excellent way. Amen. Heavenly Father, I ask as we have read your word and as you have shared with us and spoken to us already this morning, Lord, that we would see the beauty of the body of Christ. And that we would understand that we are members one of another. And as we share this morning, Lord, I ask God that you give me wisdom that I would speak the thoughts that you have given me, the understanding, the revelation that you've given in your precious name. And everybody said, amen. You cannot have many without any. It takes many to make one. Now, I find this amazing because I've always grew up thinking that one was the loneliest number. But if you take a look at one, you find out that one is made up of many. In God's economy, he blows up and he turns upside down what we think. We think of one and it's an individual, but God says, no, one is made up of many. I mentioned a few weeks ago when I started preaching, I asked, how many tasks, how many responsibilities, how many people do you think are involved on a typical Sunday morning? And when you look at all the different tasks that require somebody to manage them and to do them, there's roughly 30 different things that happen on a typical Sunday morning on a congregation our size. That means in a congregation of roughly 100, 
that's almost one out of every three of you is needed on a Sunday morning. Now, some people will do multiple tasks, but it's not just one or two things. It's many, many of us. One is made up of many. Look at somebody and say, I need you. Tell them, I need you. Now look at them again and say, you need me. I need you and you need me. One body, many members. To me, this is one of the greatest miracles that I see in the Bible. How many people can make one. How somebody can be thankful and appreciate and enjoy the part that God has created them to be. And another person can be something else. Somebody can be the hand and somebody can be the feet. Somebody can, can be the, the mouthpiece and somebody can be the ears. Have you ever seen the body that says, the hand that says, I, I don't need you, foot? No, the body, it just functions, it flows. Pastor, Nelson, uh, Pastor Daniel last week was showing how, how the body, the leg, needs every component. We need each other. I was chatting just with, with Al and Shirley this morning, and, and I used the phrase that quite often when we're preaching, we can, if we're not careful, we say, God's about to. God's about to. And as I was talking with him, I said, no, I believe God is doing. And as we preach and as, 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 as we as pastors lead and, and feed, sometimes we are speaking in the future, but sometimes we're also feeding at the present. And as I share this word and as we study this topic, I don't think this is something that's in the future for us. I think this is something that's happening right now in Solid Rock. We are growing together as a body. We are fusing together many into one. I don't believe this is something that's going to be happen. I think this is something that is happening. So as I share this morning, I want you to, to understand that as we're talking about this, and, and this, isn't, this isn't that there's problems. This is so that we can understand and grow together. Because I'm not sensing or detecting issues or problems. But what I see is I see people coming and saying, what can I do? Where can I fit in? And we're a body. And understanding and accepting each one. And then Pastor Winona, as she came up and she shared, and, and she said that she saw the picture of a cloud. And it wasn't that it was in the future, that it was just a small thing, but it was here and it was happening. And she said the word, it's happening right now, it's here. So I, I want to encourage you, as, as I share this morning, God may drop little things in your heart about being a part of the body. I'm going to say some things that might challenge you. For instance, 
I want every one of you involved. I don't want you coming just sitting down Sunday after Sunday. I want to see each one of you participate and be a part of the body. Because I believe every single one of us has a gift from God that I need. I believe every single one of you has a gift from God that somebody else in this body needs. And I do not want you to be sitting down, missing out on what God has for you. Because as every one of us participates, you see something healthy growing and something growing. And I will not apologize for saying, I want each one of you involved at Solid Rock. We need you. I'll tell you right now. Our nursery needs people that are willing and available to help. And if we get enough, and we usually do it with women, and that's just because of the practicality of taking care of children. It's not that we discriminate, but just it's, it's a lot easier for the women to take care of the children. Really? Listen, when, whenever you would go out, you would ask me to babysit. I, never, I wasn't parenting, I was babysitting. But we need help in the nursery. And if we had enough people offering, it might only be once a month. We need help teaching Sunday school. Pastor Daniel teaches Sunday school. And quite frankly, as a pastor, I want them in here hearing and growing. We need help with our sound system. We have a tremendous people willing and able to help, but we need more. Can you imagine? Could you turn this off for one second, Chris? Actually, just leave it on. Your guys' humor is better than mine. We need, we need you. We need people helping ushering. I believe that it's something that. We, we call and we make certain responsibilities, but we need people, when somebody comes here that's a visitor, all of us, every single one of us, should welcome them. Be ready and willing. Offer and ex- say, oh, I see you've got children. Do you know where the bathrooms are? That's not just for the ushers or for a door. That's for all of us. Oh, I see, I see you have children. We have some Sunday school. What ages are your children? I can, I can lead you to, and, and introduce you to, to, to Charlene, who knows the, the ages. We have a bathrooms here, this is a, and this is a family. And, and all of us, each one of us, has a part to play. This two weeks from now, we have the egg hunt. That doesn't happen by two or three or four people. That happens by 30 people working and doing a part. People buying the food, people setting it up, people cooking the food, people watching during it, people cleaning up afterwards. So I want to encourage you that when somebody calls on you or you're talking with somebody and there's an opportunity to serve, I believe there's a place for every single one of them. Here's another people, we, I need you to pray for me. Amen. My wife's... <laughs> Oh, thank you. She clarified that. She just wasn't just saying pray for David. It's like, no. I need you 
to pray for me. And there's some of you with the gift of intercession. Pastor Nelson, when he was traveling, I, I know that we prayed for him, and I know that does work. Pastor Daniel and Pastor Brenda, we need to pray for them now. Sister Alvina, when you were traveling, we prayed for you. I prayed for you. So sometimes it's not necessarily ushering or this or that, but it's being a part of the body. And what has God given you? What has God made inside of you? And I believe, and I'll show you in the verses here, I believe God has given each one of us a specific gift, a talent, an ability to add to the body. And I'll show you in verse 7. Actually, start in verse 4. I find this amazing. He says, there's varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. Do you know that your gift might be different than mine? Some of you have a gift to see things in the, that, that, that you're prophetic, you see things. Other people have a gift to see things right now. Other people have a gift to be hilarious. Other people have a gift to be very s serious and teach. And other people have ability to do things behind the scenes. Each one of us has a gift and the Spirit has given them. Don't expect everybody to do it the same way you do. Can you, may, can you imagine how boring it would be if everybody was a right hand? I thank God that I've got the left hand. But he says in verse 4 that, that verse 4, there's varieties of gifts, but the same spirit. Then he goes, there's also varieties of activities, but the same Lord. And what I find interesting is when he talks about the gifts, he's talking about individuals. But then when he says there's varieties of activities, or ministry, He's talking about, I'm sorry, varieties of service. He's actually talking about others. So God has placed inside of you a gift, but then he says the way that you serve isn't for you, it's for others. And then he goes, and then there's varieties of activities, and when you study that word, it means efforts or results, and that's from God. So in other words... If you look at this passage, I'm given something unique to me. My sense of humor, nobody else has, and you're thankful for that. But I have something that God has given me, but it's not just for me to be right here. What he has given me is for you and for the body. And what happens is when I understand that and I serve in the capacity that I have, you know what happens? It says that the results of that is from God. If you actually look at that passage, there's a progression. It goes from the individual. So each one of you, Monique, has this amazing gift of humor. Amazing. But it's not just for Monique. And when she walks in that gift and she walks in that and she gives that gifts and she serves others with that gift because we need to learn how to smile, we need to learn how to laugh, we need to learn how to take the medicine that God has for us and that's laughter. When she does that, you know what? God brings the result. Another one of you has the gift to serve. I know there was people here 
that they'd walk into the building and they'd see something and they'd go fix it. And they would just serve. That was what they did. That's how they felt. You know what? They, they worked in what God gave them. It ministered to the body. God brings a result. If you're a teacher, God's given you. That teaching is for the body. And what happens is God brings the result. So verses 4, to six, four 5, and 6 show that progression. And then in verse 7... It says, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. That's big words for just saying, you know what? He gives each one of you something different. You experience, you understand, you, you, you know inside of you a different aspect. We don't understand the Spirit all the same. Brother Jeff, when God moves on him, moves on, on Jeff in worship, with the Spirit of God on him differently than he does for me. Because he's experienced, and, and God will move with you differently. But God has given each one of us the experience, the understanding, the awareness of the Spirit. Why? It's for the common good. It's for the benefit of others. What God... What God has placed inside of you is not meant to be bottled up and kept just for you. What God has put inside of you is meant to be for the body. And when it's for the body, God brings the result. And we sometimes work backwards. We reverse engineer it and we say, I want this result, therefore I'm going to get this, and therefore I have to have this. No, just be who you are. And I'm here to tell you, each one of you has a part to play in solid rock. Every single one of you has a part to play. And when you do your part, the body grows and God brings the results. Verse 7. I wrote down a note about that, so I'm just trying to find that. A clear manifestation means a clear indication of the presence or existence or nature of some person or thing. In other words, you clearly understand this. There's things that make you tick. There's things that make you upset. Quite often the thing that makes you upset is also the thing that makes you tick. Because you know what it's like when it ticks and when it moves right. And when it's wrong, it's like, oh, that just, that creates. One of the things that bothers me is when I go by McDonald's and I order three fries and I get two of them. I've actually gone home and called them and said, you only gave me two fries. Now what am I to do? Because part of me is serving. And so I've actually gone back up there to get my free fries. I've left my phone number at a few places because I've got orders waiting for me somewhere. I'm just supposed to give them my number and I get a free chicken fry or chicken. <laughs> just ask my kids. Don't ask to go for the drive through with Pastor David because... But that's part of my gifting. Other people would look at that and go, 
well, you know what? They need to do it this way, this way. Another person might say, oh, yeah, but you know what? They might be overloaded. Another person might go, just have grace for them because they're children. They're learning. This is their first job. Another person might say, and why? Because each one of us has a gift. Each one of us has a gift. And when I walk in my gift, I serve you. And I don't have everything you need. Newsflash. I don't. I was showing somebody my desk this morning in the office. It's not clean. I pray over it every time I get in there. That's not my strength, but I do have strengths. And I bring them to you. And then what happens is God brings the results. And instead of waiting for God to bring the results, we need to start seeing the manifestation of the gift that he has put in here. Each one of us. Each one of us. If, if you are comfortable talking to somebody, show up Sunday morning early, stand at the door and greet people. We, do we need to make a list? If you're good at that, do it. Don't chase them out the door. Welcome them in. And if one of you is good at fixing things, call me up. I need things fixed. Here. I also have my house too, but I need to. Do our part. Now, I'm not upset, and I want to be careful. I want you to, I'm not upset, but what I see happening is God's bringing increase, but the increase is result of us understanding our part, doing our part, and he brings that increase. And healthy is when everybody's moving. Everyone is important. As I read this passage, every single person is important. I don't care if you clean the toilets, you're important. In fact, we're really thankful for that. Isn't it amazing how some of the dirtiest jobs we're the ones most happy for? You know, people who clean the kitchen, I am happy they clean the kitchen. Everyone, look at somebody and say, you're important. And I'll say to them, thank you. Everyone is important. I want to show you just a couple other verses that, that reinforce that. Verse 14. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. I, I find this amazing. I always thought one meant one by itself. But when I read the scriptures and I see one, it means many. We're bought one body, but we're many members. I am convinced, I am convinced that each one of you has a clear, distinct gift, talent that God has for you. Now, I believe it goes beyond just what God's given you. 
Because sometimes we put that in a box and we say, well, my gift is sweeping the floor. I'll never be able to do this. No, I believe God gives you the grace to do whatever he needs you to do. Okay? Sometimes you say, well, he's prophetic, so he's only going to be prophetic. No, sometimes you can be prophetic, but you can still teach. Now, you might be strong in that. You might see things very prophetically, but you can also teach. You can also serve. I've, I've had people, well, I'm only gifted this way. I, I, I'm here to tell you, great, but you can do more. I've done things that I wasn't gifted in because they needed to be done. I heard one amen, and I think that somebody was maybe burping, and I'm just not even sure if it was an Amen. <laughs> I am convinced that each one of us has been given a gift from God. Each one of us. And I believe that gift is for my benefit. I believe that gift is for your benefit. And I believe as we work and allow that gift to happen, God will make the effects and the results happen. Verse 14, the body doesn't consist of one member. It doesn't just consist of the pastoral team at Solid Rock. Solid Rock consists of many. Different colors, different sizes, different weights, different talents, different abilities. Many. You go down to verse 25. Why is this important? That the, there may be no divisions in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. Sometimes we miss out what somebody else has to give because we don't care for them. Have you ever spent time with somebody that you didn't really know, and as you got to know them, all of a sudden they had something that was for you? And I've had it both ways. I've had it where I didn't recognize somebody and I didn't receive what God had in them. I've had it other times where I've just accepted somebody, loved on them, cared for them, and encouraged them. And all of a sudden, one day, they came and they say, hey, do you need this? And it wasn't in a Sunday morning. It was during the rest of the week because Sunday is only like 14% of the week. There's a whole rest of the week. And it was on a Monday and a Tuesday and a Wednesday and a Thursday and a Friday and a Saturday. I got a message from somebody who had a gift and said, hey, do you need something? And it was like, thank you, Lord, because I can't do that. And you know what they did? They ministered to me. They ministered to the body, and something happened. Mandy, you have an amazing gift. You have a care for people that you will go out of your way to care for people. You have, a, I, I am, I just love seeing your gift in action because you just do it. You should get the sign that says Nike because you just do it. And you have a gift. 
And when you walk in that gift, you know what happens, Mandy? It's not just Mandy. You're just doing what you're doing. But you know what you're doing? You're helping others. And it's flowing. And it's uncoerced. It's just who Mandy is. And when you do that, what happens is you increase and everybody else increases. I want to commend you, Mandy. Because you have a gift that is lovely. And yet we don't stand up every time and say, oh, do this. And it's just, it just flows. It just flows. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Verse 19. If we were all single members, where would the body be? That's why I also think it's great that there's so many different churches in Abbotsford. Because not every church is like us. And not every church is like them. And there are some churches that are reaching people that are far from Christ that are reaching them in a different way than we are. And there's other churches that have great support systems. And there's other churches that have great um, avenues of social care. And there's other churches that have great... There's one church that his care, and I've talked to the pastor, and he says, you know what I'm here? I'm here for the elderly in my congregation, and I'm just pastoring them. And you know what? He's doing an amazing job. Because he knows his part. So what am I saying? I'm saying that each one of you plays a huge part. You might think your part is insignificant. I'm here to tell you your part is significant. You might say nobody notices You might say, does even anybody even recognize? Somebody puts this glass of water on here every Sunday. That is awesome. <laughs> Let me tell you, that's awesome. That I can come up to share, Pastor Nelson can come up, Pastor Daniel, any of the other pastors can come up, and there's a glass of water ready for us. It just happens. Somebody cuts the grass. Now, I'm thankful for that because I've cut the grass. It's hard work. Each one of us plays a huge part. Each one of us, each one of you is significant. Now I want to ask you a question. How can you serve this body? How can you serve this body? What is your strength? What's your availability? What's your talents? I believe each one of us plays a part. 
I believe each one of us is significant. The success of Solid Rock is not who stands up here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. The significance, the success, the impact of Solid Rock is who's sitting here, who's showing up Sunday after Sunday, Monday, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, every day of the week, saying, what needs to be done? How can I help? What can I do? That's where the significance, that's where the power, that's where the importance and the impact of our body is. We're many members, but we're one. And we're going to spend some time over the next few weeks talking about members, one of another. And Pastor Nelson, Pastor Sean, Pastor Winona, we're going to be sharing. I'm even going to ask Pastor Louise to, to do a bit because she has a gift that she can explain something and she studies and she studies and she studies. And I want to have you, Mom, share for five minutes on one word because she'll open it up like you've never seen it opened up before. Each one of us has a part. We need you. Yes, we need sound people. Yes, we need ushers. Yes, we need Sunday school workers. Yes, we need nursery. Yes, we need people to pray. Yes, we need people to serve the body through the week, the building. We need you. I need you. You need me. You need you. Amen? We're members. <laughs> you might as well get used to it. We're members one of another. You've got me whether you like it or not. You got me whether you like it or not. I might be that weird guy in the family. That's me. Crazy uncle. We need each other. And this isn't something for the future. This is something I believe God's doing right now. This is something God's doing right now. And, and I'm thankful. I am thankful for each one of you and the gifts that God has given you. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gifts in the body. Thank you, Lord, for every significant member that you have placed in the body, that you've given the talents, the gifts, the abilities that you've placed in the body. And Lord, may we see that, realize that, grow with that, accept that, give each other space to grow in their giftings. In your precious name. And everybody said... Amen. God bless you. Have an amazing week.